thank you so much for listening to Relatively Seen Podcast. I love doing this podcast. It's so much fun to just talk about myself and be self-centered. I really, really enjoy it because um, I don't love listening. I mean, I don't mind in like an hour interview when it's somewhat interesting. I, I really hate small talk. I, I just, I can't stand it. Like, hey, so how you doing? Uh, that is such a loaded question. I mean, what am I going to do? Be totally honest. It's, I don't like small talk. I, I, you know what? I love that people have been sending me some questions about my life, my past, my opinion on things. And somebody recently sent me a message and asked me about the first woman I was ever with and when I came out and stuff. And I think it's a very interesting story and I don't mind talking about it. I've talked about it on other podcasts but I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast. I didn't mind like fooling around with guys, but I never was like into hanging out with guys when I was in high school. All my friends had boyfriends. And then I went to college and I started, you know, I was drinking. I would drink beer and get wasted and then just like hook up with guys sometimes. And I had a couple of boyfriends, but I didn't even want to spend time with them. They were really nice guys, but I would have rather spent time with I don't know, a monkey. I just was not interested. And then when I was a senior in college, it's so crazy. I was in a Jewish sorority and I used to wear a clip in my hair and like long earrings. I can't, I can't even believe it. And I always wore letters. It was DeFi-E. I always wore my letters. And we were doing Rush. So all these freshman girls were coming. I sound like a child molester now, but that's not. I was I was 20 and she was 18. It's It's okay. It's okay. I didn't give her candy. It was so uh, these girls all came to the house and we were trying to schmooze them to get them to want to join our sorority because there were so many at University of Maryland. And this girl walked in. Her name was Melissa. And she also had, you know, the, the clip in her hair and the earrings. And we were two Jewish girls from Jersey. And I don't know what happened, but I just I, I don't know what happened. I just was like, I loved her. I mean, it wasn't even a sexual thing. I just loved her. I loved her face. And we just connected. She had never been with a woman either. And at that point, I did not think I was lesbian. Like, I didn't think anything. But she ended up joining the sorority. And I just loved hanging out with her and talking. And it's so crazy. I mean, I'm skipping a lot of parts of this, but we would sit in a car and just stare at each other for hours. I mean, how crazy is that? We wouldn't even talk. We would just stare at each other. And I just wanted to be around her all the time. And I would get jealous when she would be with guys, but she never wanted to be with them. She wanted to be with me too. And this went on for months and months and months. And then when we went home for Christmas holiday, she came to my house in Jersey and we were drinking wine and we were in my room and we started wrestling and we ended up kissing and both of us freaked out and she left. It was so crazy. I, I was like, I don't know what just happened. This is gross. This is disgusting. To speed things up even more, we ended up having this secret relationship. So I don't know how many of you have been in a secret relationship, but it was very intense because no one else knew about it. So I graduated college and went to live at my mom's and she stayed in University of Maryland. And for three years, we would meet. I mean, how horrible is that? It is, it's really depressing, actually. But we would meet at like hotels on the New Jersey Turnpike in between Maryland and Jersey, like where I lived in Jersey. And it was so hard keeping it from people. Like she would have to, not have to, but she did like go on dates with guys or go to dances with guys and it was very hard for me and then I'll never forget I ended up telling my mother and I was hysterically crying and she's like honey um I knew like everyone knew because when Melissa would leave my house I'd be sobbing and like wouldn't leave my room for three days who does that with a friend so I was <laughs> everyone knew what was going on when I told my sister I was with her I was hysterically crying like you're never gonna you're gonna die you're gonna kill yours she thought I'm not kidding my sister if you asked her today she thought I had cancer and that I was dying when I came out to her because she was like okay you're with a girl like she thought I was dying 
when I told my grandmother, she was like, what? This is literally my grandmother's response. She was like, what do you need a man for anyways? You have your own money. Isn't that a great thing? It was so incredible. You know, I am so lucky. My family didn't have a big thing with it. I always did. I always had more shame and they didn't, they didn't care. They really just wanted me to be happy. Um, but I think this being secretive and that whole thing was the worst part of it. I didn't think I was a lesbian for a long time. I just thought that it was her. And then I realized it wasn't just her. It was anyone who had tits. That's not true because it wasn't even heavy men. It was people that had vaginas. Let's just be real. I, the point is, it's so hard to lie and be secretive about who you are. And I'm so glad that everything has changed and that it's easier now. And it, it, I, I really feel for people, especially kids and teenagers who can't come out and have to just not be who they are. It's horrible. It really is. So if you're listening to this and you have issues with who you are or you haven't come out, just, just own it. You're beautiful and loving. I didn't mean to say loving because a lot of you are not loving. Lovable just the way you are. And it's everything's okay. It really is. It's okay. It's okay to be a sinner. Everyone sins. And even though Jesus doesn't accept you for who you are and you're going to burn in hell, just be who you are. Even though you're disgusting and you're riddled with disease, just just be who you are in life. All right. Listen, you guys, please follow me. You know, give this podcast a five-star rating. That's what we need. We need five-star ratings. You can follow us on Instagram at Relatively Sane Pod and on Twitter at Sane underscore podcast. You guys have been so amazing and spreading the word when you tell your friends and your family and whoever you can, even the deceased. It really helps it really helps because the podcast is growing thousands and thousands and thousands of people are listening to it and i just appreciate all your support hi guys i'm here with sarah tomash talamash talamash is it talamash yeah it is pretty much how it's spelled phonet it's pronounced phonetically almost is that how your parents say it i think my dad says talamash Oh, he doesn't say the uh? The, no, he doesn't say the uh. And then there's another derivative of our last name where it's T-A-L-M-A-D-G-E, Talmadge. What? what? Yeah, isn't that weird? Wait, who spells it like that? Some other, like a, a, like a break off in the family tree. I don't know what it is, but it the name changed a little bit. Really? Because our name changed because as Jews, when we came over from... I love that you're smiling because yeah. I'm about to talk about the Holocaust. <laughs> when we came over from Poland and Austria and wherever else we were yeah. from, we it was Kersenbaum. Okay. But they had to change it to Kersen and yeah. so that we could get here. Which is why would they change it? Because it feels like that's an easy name to still get. Because Baum sounds Jewish. Oh, okay. Yeah. To hide it. Yes. Yes. You had to hide the that the last part. Of, part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kersen Jew. <laughs> We'll just drop the Jew part. <laughs> Curse and complain. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so where are you? What, what's your background? Um, well, I grew up in Texas in a suburb outside of Houston. Mm -hmm. But I'm born in South Africa, but I moved here when wow. I wasn't, I wasn't even a year old. So I don't really like identify as that's my home country. Wow. But why were you, why were your parents in South Africa? Um, that's where my dad is from. And then my mom moved there when she was eight from England. And so I just had family there. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Now they've all, most of them have moved to Australia. Oh, that's, so, I don't even know what's happening. This yeah. is kind of, I never hear stories like that. Yeah. It's always like, well, we were from, you know, Germany and then we moved to Jersey. Yeah. And, and we're all here. Yeah. They came like by themselves. There's, you know how some people are, are like, oh, some, I, my cousin lives here, so I'm moving there. And then it ends up being like a huge Italian community in right. like Philadelphia or something like that. Like we just came on our own. <laughs> 
<laughs> do your parents have accents? They do, but you know what's so weird? I can't even hear it. <laughs> well, you grew up with it. Yeah, I don't pick up on it, but I remember having friends over and when my dad would come in and be like, offer them a ride home, they wouldn't even know what he was saying and they thought he was yelling at them. Well, how would he say it? Tell me an example. I can't even mimic a South African accent, but he has a stern way of speaking. Even when he's being kind and loving? Yes. He'll be like, are you okay, Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Like yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's calming. Yeah. And so I get used to it. And then, in fact, I find I'm kind of drawn. I like guys or people that are, are abusive. Like, are abusive. Yeah, yes. yeah, me too. <laughs> so I want their love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always trying to get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you grew up right outside of Houston. Do you have any siblings? I have one sister and then two brothers. All full. All full. Not yes. half or no, step or yeah. Full. And where are you in the? I'm the second oldest, and then my sister is 16 months behind me. And then I have a younger brother that's six years and then an older brother that's four years. I'm so confused. Yeah. I mean, it makes complete sense, but I'm so... Yeah. I can't stay with things. I think something's... I think I'm starting to get like something's wrong. I get it. You know, when somebody gives you directions and then after the first sentence, I just kind of (laughs) like... I'm like, I'll just get it at the next block. Like, I can't... I can't oh, me too. pay I'm like, attention to I'll just to find it. someone and ask them. They're like, okay, so make a right on Wyoming and then just you're going to veer to the left. The <laughs> second I hear veer to the left, I'm like, what do I have to do tomorrow? I yeah. ate too much bacon. Like uh, yeah. I start going into that, yeah. a weird memory from your childhood. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like I wish that I wasn't touched. So yeah. um, <laughs> so were you, a, were you a happy kid? Because you're a comic, so I love, she's such a great comic you really oh, are such you. a great writer and you crack me up your twitter is one of the best twitter feeds i swear oh, thanks yeah. i really do enjoy it and i wish i could just get paid for tweeting yeah i think some people can if you get enough followers yeah i'm just not in that i know realm. i don't know how people do it recently i was like do i have to start posing in my bathing suit yeah that seems to be the thing now if you just show your vagina you'll get like a hundred thousand followers yeah i just have this fear that i'll do it and i still don't get any followers. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing wait i i posted a picture of my asshole and I'm i didn't get one tweeting i lost <laughs> I, I lost 1100 followers. yeah <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, you keep retweeting the same picture of your vagina. Yeah. Hey guys, remember this? Like, <laughs> I just don't know if how everyone could share this, because I need to get more followers. <laughs> well, I did think about like going on Instagram with people, being like, "Guys, just bear with me for the next two months. I will be in my bathing suit." I think we should do. I swear, I think a group <laughs> of us should do it and just see how many followers we can get. Yeah, I just think it would be an interesting experiment. Like the half-ass, like it's kind of like we can't do what other people can do, but we'll do what we can. Oh yeah, like yeah, it's kind of like I like follow, like fashion blogs, and then I see people like. Gigi Hadid wear mom jeans and then I put on mom jeans and then I'm like I look like a mom like I don't I'm not pulling this look off yeah when to think that to wear a bathing suit like the other girls can and then <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing the one with a skirt <laughs> right right mine will look like it's like a bed sheet yeah like a like a uh, shower curtain yeah that's literally what it would look like yeah I think we should do it I'm in when I was it. incredibly heavy I had to go to Lane Bryan and at the avenue and yeah. I had to wear clothes that all had like African print like it oh, literally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it literally <laughs> I know, like I was like if I walk in the set like someone's gonna shoot they're gonna think I'm livestock yeah, like, yeah. I look I have like, I, is this a, yeah. yeah it's real. <laughs> It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. People would be like, Coach, come on, just get in a bathing suit. And then I would, but it was, I looked like an animal, like yeah. a loose animal. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. They don't make it easy. Were you ever heavy? No. I've been, my mom I got, gave me the good jeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just is like, I don't have to worry about that too much. That's good. Except, and I feel like for girls, when you hit, like 35 yeah you can't eat the way that 
No. You used to eat. Well, you can't, you can't, but I do. Yeah. But yes, you're not supposed to. Well, yeah. you can't get away with it anymore. Yeah. You could, like, I could just eat a whole pizza. I know. And not think about it. And now you're just like, if I eat a whole pizza. Yeah. I'm actually gaining the net weight of what right. was in the Right, you're gaining the entire weight of the pizza. Yeah. Like, you should just put the pizza on you. Like, yeah, just (laughs) tape it to my body. (laughs) Okay, so you, I forgot because I got into, like, African bathing suits. So were you a happy child? I thought I was, and then I started going to therapy, and it feels like I'm not. Wait, so you mean going to therapy now? I just started again. Oh. And more, um, I've done it before periodically, but I went and then I realized that I had some abuse when I was younger. And then also I was, I was always sick. I had asthma, so I was always in the hospital. Oh, really? Several times in a year for not just a few days. It would be a week to two weeks. That's a lot. Yeah. That's not because I know, I don't know if you know, I, I have a sick child, I, my daughter. Oh, really? Yeah, my four-year-old, I talk about it on the podcast a lot because I want people to feel comfortable talking about their situation. Yeah. But my four-year-old has heart disease, so I have spent weeks, if oh not God. months, in the hospital with her. And it's, that's a lot. Like, I don't think people realize how much that affects them as a kid. It is brutal because you think about it like, they only give you small visitating at the time. Now, like my they, parents, now you can stay with someone. But yes, they would come in for like two hours. Oh, and then the rest hard. of the day that I just didn't have. So I'm just sitting in a hospital room by myself. That's really hard. It was at the time you just it's so weird as a kid. You accept it. Yeah. You don't think anything of it. But I guess as an adult, you're like, this is really depressing to be in a bed for two weeks that's very scary yeah how old were you did this go on for years it went on for about four or five years in the thick of it probably from the time i was eight till about fourth grade that's hard yeah but now i grew out of it i grew out of it which i don't know how that happens but you just do and when you say abuse you mean like verbal abuse stuff like that or do you remember other stuff well here's the thing like from what i was told i was molested but it was from a neighborhood kid and I thought that it was just like, that's what kids do. But then when I talked to my therapist, I know he's like, no, that's yeah. not a normal thing. And then I did go to therapy because of it. Mm-hmm. But then the guy my, told my parents something like, oh, that's just like a normal kids thing. And then they stopped going. So nothing was ever addressed. Yeah, that is so common. I think it's happened to most girls. I'm not kidding. I hate to say yeah. it, but it really has. Well, like, I just always remember there was always porn on, and I just accepted that was a thing. Yeah. Like, I accepted stuff, too, as a kid, and I thought it was normal. Like, this man randomly called my house once, and then I would just be on the phone with him, and he would do sex stuff on the phone. Yeah, that's and so I crazy. And I thought it was complete. I literally did not think anything was wrong with it. And then yeah. when I got older, I'm like, that was not okay. Yeah. There was a man talking. I was a child. Yeah. Did your parents know? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, most people. I didn't tell them. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you would bring that up in conversation. Yeah. You're just at family dinner, and I'm like, uh, mom, dad, uh, <laughs> I've been Joe doing is this go- new thing. <laughs> I've been rubbing one out every Wednesday <laughs> at eleven. Um, Joe calls. Who's Joe? <laughs> uh, he's just some guy. You picked a number call- in the phone book. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> that is. So insane, but it, I guess it was easier to do that back then. It was. You, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have self. There was nothing. You no just had a house ID. phone. No, yeah. nothing. It was that little, like that ring phone, whatever, yeah. dial and phone. You could just go through a phone book and yeah. randomly, because we prank called all the time. Oh, so did we. Yeah. I mean. It was that, a blast. Wasn't that the most fun? It, it was. I we, oh, My friends and I used to laugh so hard. Life was so much easier as a kid in certain ways. Yeah. Well, that's what my we were, I was talking with my mom about. Like, I actually think that there felt like there were no adults around. Mm-hmm. I would just be in the woods for like Me too. six hours at a time. That's how I was. No one. Yeah. I think now I can't imagine a parent just letting their like eight go year to the old woods. Be in the woods. Not even they can't even stand outside, no. and they're watching them from the window. I w- I was in the woods too. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I literally like build fires. I don't even know. Yeah, we had forts. And, yeah, me like, too. We ended up being like a group of kids, that, like, and it ended up being like a political structure with hierarchy. And 
<laughs> like who could be in what room? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. It was very like that. Yeah. And now I just feel like it would be insane if you're like, where's your kid? And they're like, I think they're in the woods. <laughs> I think, I think, I believe they're coming yeah. back. I think Rebecca's in a fort in yeah. the tree. I don't know, like a mile in the woods somewhere. <laughs> I gave her some, I gave her some little bite muffins. <laughs> she should be good. Yeah, she should be good. They never came into the woods to look at like to be like hey, no one ever came to find me i'd be out till dark i'm not yeah. getting well into the night i know i actually I, and it was fun i don't complain about that but you do feel like it's odd i mean did you do drugs because i started getting high and drinking at a young age so i was like i experimented in high school but it's so weird like i didn't really enjoy beer but yeah. I managed to persevere through it and yeah. get a nice addiction later to after beer? high school. Yeah, to just alcohol. Right. But I, I remember smoking pot for the first time my sophomore year, and I remember I was like, I don't understand the big deal about this. Where it didn't do a lot, you mean? No, I just didn't understand why anybody would be in that want to be in that kind of comatose state. Right. I just felt like it hit me harder than... Most kids. Yeah, I did too. That's interesting. Yeah. I, people would be like, I smoked uh, two joints and I don't even, I'm like, what? I have I, to go to bed. Yeah. I couldn't function. I couldn't no. even like leave the house. I remember smoking pot once before school and then I just slept for the first three periods <laughs> underneath my desk. Because it would be like business administration class. Yeah. That teacher That's... didn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> right. You're just like, and just making sure that people are typing 50 words per minute. Exactly. Which, it's not like science where you have to dissect a frog. You're yeah. Just take, it's, pay yeah. attention. Yeah. You just sleep. Yeah. And then did you get into other drugs after that? I, so I guess after high school, it felt like my parents went from being on top of me and then to being like, all right, you're done. Yeah. And then it was full freedom to mean like no curfew. I could do whatever I want, but still like live under their house. And so I had, I think, a really hard time adapting from high school outside of high school because I didn't go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Right. So I was just partying. Yeah. And then that would be like that for all the time. And then so I did get into drugs and I got into cocaine mm -hmm. and that would be like a weekend thing. Yeah. And then I had an intervention. Your parents? Yeah, my sister-in-law told, because I thought we were cool. And then, because <laughs> I remember doing acid with her. You're like, I did coke off her tits. I don't know why she went to my parents and said something. I guess she drew the line there. So <laughs> I remember buying like, I just bought a bag of coke and then I come into the living room and all of my family members are there. And that's when you know you're about to have... What went through your mind when you saw all your family members sitting there? I knew something was up. Because your family is, after a certain age, they're never together like that. That is so true. So it's either someone died. Yeah. Or you're about to go away. Yeah. Yeah. So what did they, what happened when you, like, you walked in? They mentioned everything that they knew. <laughs> oh, so, that's horrible. So yeah. they knew that I was stripping on the weekends. Okay, this I need to hear about. <laughs> I need, because that does, knowing you, and we don't know each other that well, yeah. but I, I love you, but I need to know how that happened because I cannot see you as a stripper. Well, okay, I can't either. And my, <laughs> I wasn't, can I just say that I yeah. was not good at it. Right. That's what I find so incredible because I have a feeling that you were shy with it. Yes. And then here's the thing, like, so people think like, oh, stripping is easy money. It's, I found it to be one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in, in my In what way? Did you have to like stretch and stuff? Or <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the dancing part, I thrived on stage. Really? Like, I loved the dancing. And then I, you find out culture. Like, you you will be hated if you pick a song with, like, an 18-minute drum solo because they can't turn and burn. You want those, like, one and, like, those 60 pop songs that are, like, a like minute an and a half. Like, give an example of a pop song that you would have danced, that you did dance really well to. Um, I that liked, no one got offended. I liked 80s. Oh, So I okay. would do, like, Berlin... Oh, then, okay. Um, I remember this one song that was a remake of the Beatles' Money, That's What I Want. 
<laughs> One time my friend drove to like driving along in my car, driving it along in the road on my automobile, and then she would mimic whatever, like almost sign language, the lyrics of the songs where I'm like, that is the unsexiest thing I've ever seen on stage. Did she wear a helmet? No. I'm joking. Wait, so <laughs> <laughs> what did you wear? I So the first time I wore my prom dress. <laughs> okay, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my was, I need to know what age you were I was 18 or 19 oh I was a virgin too oh my god which Did I you, wish I shared that because I feel like I would have pulled in so much more money you would have made it if you st started out with yeah in your prom dress hi everyone miss virgin yeah with something. a sash yes yeah. that says like unbroken yeah yeah hymen <laughs> intact something yes. like that yeah oh you would have made a, a shitload of money yeah it didn't even dawn on me to like bring that up so what did the prom dress look like it was sky blue and it was satin it was halter top and i had a lady oh, make it for me a lady yeah i found her I, like Joanne's billboards. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few strippers that had a homemade <laughs> sexy dress. <laughs> was it like layered, like puffy? No. <laughs> it was kind of like a slip dress in a weird way, but like a halter. And even then when I, when I got it made for prom, it wasn't that great because it was too thin of a material that I felt like you could just see like my nipples <laughs> and then also had like a slight poot like satin hangs on every imperfection of your body right yeah right. and so that wasn't the most flattering dress so what tell me about the first time you went out in your prom dress on stage were you nervous yeah but i was also on rehibinols so <laughs> <laughs> so that like <laughs> Gave me some courage. But I remember the first Gave time. Me some courage. The first time I remember, I got so fucked up one time that you're supposed to come behind a curtain. <laughs> I'm already laughing. I'm and even I crawled up on stage <laughs> where my one leg, like I'm getting over a fence. <laughs> they kicked me off. <laughs> because I also had all my straps on one side where like one of my tits were. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. It's just funny you came out like that. Yeah. And that was like one of the first few times at one of the nicest strip clubs of Houston. Oh, God. It would be great if you came out completely naked. And just, <laughs> you, your stripping was to put your clothes back on. I wish I had thought of that. So you crawled on the stage with like the sh all the whole dress on one side of yeah, your body. Yeah, the straps were like on one side. Also, I didn't mention to get my fur, you have to be in a G-string. So you can't just show up in your regular underwear. Right, in your carters. Yeah. Okay. And so there was a lot of like sex stores that actually had clothes for strippers. Right, so in Houston I, I could see that. And at the time I didn't have a lot of money and it just... It makes me laugh. I ended up pawning my disc man. <laughs> <laughs> to get I my heard the word disc man in so long. I got 15 bucks and it was enough wow, to get my, good. to start my own business of stripping. Oh my God. That is the cheapest business I've ever, you just yeah. need $15 from a disc man to start yeah, just a business. As your down payment for your first thong. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So was the thong on your head the first time? or <laughs> No, I put, it, I put it on as regular. And yeah, <laughs> under, that's supposed to be the last thing that you show. <laughs> you don't want to get the order wrong. <laughs> that's why I like the idea of just showing up naked. Yeah, you just go on stage completely <laughs> naked and you put your socks on. And get in your car yeah, yeah. and drive home. <laughs> it's like when the tape is rewound. <laughs> you walk backwards. And they see you eat in your... <laughs> yeah, you walk backwards. You start in the front of yeah. the runway. <laughs> Back it away. I think that's what burlesque is. It's burlesque is hot. Yeah. Do you think burlesque is hot? I do. I do. I think there's more of an art form 
to it. Yeah, I mean, some people get too into it. And it's like, can you just entertain me and stop thinking about what you're doing? Yeah. Just, yeah. I like the kitsch of it. and Yeah, me too. Sometimes some people have like a political message and I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. That's true. Like you can't do a lot of that in strip clubs. Was there anything that ever happened when you were stripping that was really uncomfortable? Well, I remember one time um, this one guy really... He liked me from stage, so he asked me to go to the, I guess, the champagne room. Right. And he was, like, I think a really rich lawyer of Houston, and he was a regular. So he would get a lot of girls up there. And I ended up, I guess I was early in the night, because I, the later you go, the more money you have to pay to work. Oh. So if you get in at eight, then you just pay them 15 bucks. You have, because oh. you have to pay to enter to get in. So the late, most girls like to that. go in late because that's when the bigger crowds, there's right. more people coming in. So I got there early. So he, I was the first one in the champagne room. <laughs> and I, he started. You just can't see you in the champagne room. <laughs> well, he started, I guess, like sitting down and talking to me. And then he, I guess he wanted to like try to play with my nipples. And I, he could see the fear in my face that he kicked me. He was like, he was nice about it. He's like, I don't think you're made for this room. <laughs> so I went back down and there was a part of me that was like, I'm glad you saw that in me instead of like pushing me through this. Like, right. Yeah. You, you were probably like, my parents would be so proud right now. Yeah. I'm not the kind of girl <laughs> that would just have her nipples played with in a champagne room. Yeah. By like... I mean, I probably would have, you make so, that's where you make all your money. Right. So he would just room. hand you cash to play with your nipples. Yeah. And I, that so. That sounds so, I, I feel, why did I get into comedy? I don't know. And sometimes, um, nowadays it's like you have to do that first. Really? Well, like I just think of Story Me Daniel, Daniels, how she gets to headline more than I would probably ever. <laughs> if people don't know that, that are listening, Stormy works at comedy clubs now. Yeah. Have you seen her? Does she have an act? I no, I haven't seen her, but she performed at this club that I performed at a week before, and it was the first one on her leg of her leg her, her tour. Yeah, and uh, I asked about it, and they were like, it wasn't super bad, but she mainly just did a few stories, and then it was just Q and A, and then mainly just like photos and see Q and A is so easy. I know. I'm gonna start just doing Q and A. I yeah. Wouldn't I think you? we should. I know. It's just easier than coming up with all this new material every year. Yeah, I know. And I just can't see her doing com. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she is funny on Twitter. Yeah. She has posted some funny shit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I wouldn't think that she's like not funny. I don't know. It's just weird for when people try to do stand up. You're like, it takes forever to feel comfortable on stage. Years. Yeah. But she look how many times she's been on stage. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's her whole, everything. Her whole, yeah. Just yeah. for like, even in the controversy of everything. It's incredible. It real the whole, this world is, I don't know what is going on. It's the craziest shit. I need to get back to your intervention though. Cause we really oh, sidetracked. Yeah. So when you walked in, they told you all the things they knew that you did. Yeah. And so it was like the Coke use and then the stripper and then they were just kind of like, we don't want to send you to rehab because they didn't think I had a friend that was in and out of rehab for probably going on for 20 years now. But at yeah. the time she was about four, had been to four. Right. And she was like, they were just like, I don't think it works. And so I just went to England. Okay. This is incredible. With who? By myself. They send you to England by yourself. Well, I had a family member. We had my mom's second cousin lived over there. And so I stayed with him in Cambridge and that was, I was going to be there for a long time. And then I was just so depressed because I had no one to talk to. Did you do anything there? Drinking or drugs? I ended up drinking because their drinking age was 18. Right. So that's probably where my drinking habit started. Where like the it, really bad, right. It started kicking in. That's incredible. That's the kind of thing, like I always say that there's that quote, you know, wherever you are, there you are. It's like wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, just because you change where you live does it not mean anything goes away. No. And that's why when people are like, fuck this town, I'm going to, I'm like, you're going to just. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get to the next town. Yeah. I know. I did it. Yeah. I've done I did. it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've yeah. So then you went there. You were what were you doing for work there? I, 
I ended up waiting tables at the world's biggest chilies. It's <laughs> like when you say this stuff out loud, you're like, what a journey. It's like a video game. It really is. You're like, here's my next obstacle. And I'm at the world's the biggest chili. Me too. I have the exact same thing. And I, I have had so many experiences that I forget about things I even did. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah. But I worked in a Starbucks. I worked in a Houlihan's. I used to wear like beige pants and a maroon polo shirt. Yeah. Like people would never know that about me. It just, I have done crazy things. Yeah. And I don't even remember them a lot. No, and you don't really think too much about it until later when you're telling a story from it and then yeah. you're like wild. Right. Well, world's biggest chilies is really an interesting statement. Yeah. Well, that was their um, selling point, I guess. <laughs> and that was like, I know I'm familiar with the world of chilies. I can adapt. This is American and I'll fit in here. But then... You know, then they have language barrier where they called chips and salsa. They call it crisps and salsa. And so when they ask for <laughs> chips, they want French fries. So then I was fucking oh, up orders. That's fucking annoying. I know. And then tomato sauce is ketchup. So I was just no, fucking up. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What are like a basic? <laughs> You're drunk. You're just like. Do you want fucking chips or tomato sauce? Yeah. Like what? It's just a general term where like it just seems like a bland term for what you're. I know. Well, the whole soccer football thing I can't deal with. Yeah. I don't know why it annoys me so much. The game? No, it's soccer. Yeah. I know everyone calls it football all over the world. Yeah. It's so confused. I don't I don't know why it annoys me. It's like that we call it one place called yes, it soccer. Yes. Yeah. I don't know I, why we don't get all on board with that. And or also like the metric system. Like why did we not <laughs> I think somebody has well, a joke about that where we're just like, nah. We're yeah, not gonna nah, do we're it. We're gonna call it something. I think we should just start calling soccer football and call football soccer. Don't yeah. you think that would cure everything? Oh my god, I feel like f- actual American football fans would lose their shit. They would oh, start yeah. burning stuff in their backyard. Yeah. I mean that's all they have, a yeah. lot of them. <laughs> it's the football. <laughs> I Adrian and I always talk about how funny it is to be like, Do you know where dad is? And they're like, <laughs> Oh, he's outside burning his NFL paraphernalia because somebody's endorsing <laughs> Oh, I know. Black people right now. The stuff, yeah. the stuff they get upset about. I mean, things could be a lot worse. I know, I know. It's insane. It, it the Yeah, the little silent protests. You're like, nobody gives no a shit. No one gives a fuck what you're doing or yeah, what yeah. you don't like. Yeah. It's I mean, so what insane. do you think about the straws thing? Um, I It's so weird when you go to like towns and they've all completely got rid of it. Yeah, it's happening a lot now. Yeah. Well, I just saw a tweet the other day and it was this river, probably in a third world country, where it just looked, you know that scene in Star Wars where they're in that room that's shutting down, but it's all kinds of crap in there? <laughs> yes. It was a river in nature it. just blasting out trash. And some guy goes, well, I didn't see any straws in there. It looks like we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Which I thought was like couches, (laughs) tents, (laughs) backpacks, but there's no straw. We see one turtle. Yeah. With a straw. I know. I I, people keep handing me like an envelope to drink from. I'm like, what is this? It's It's paper. Yes. Like a spitball is forming in your in your mouth and you're just it like it doesn't like when matter I'm eating like a gyro and i eat the paper by mistake because i'm eating so fast yeah, yeah. it's just i don't know <laughs> what they're handing me and it's just there's people dying everywhere and people are concerned about the straws i get it it's just there's so many other things that are important also yeah i mean you could try to recycle and then somebody says you do that and then kylie jenner gets on her private jet and just erases everything that you did for a year i know yeah, so I'm just like, what's the point? Are you into the them, the Kardashians? I do admire them. I love that they took a sex tape and mm-hmm. blew it into this multi, almost a billion dollar It is a billion. Some of them are billionaires. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a way to take a horrible, yeah. tragic event and make it work into your... And then also, I know they get shit that they don't feel like they do any work, but... 
creating 20 Insta stories in a day is very tiring. Have you ever done it? It is. I mean, to when like I, constantly talk to the phone like that. Yeah. It's a job. You're right. Like yeah. when I've gone to Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> and met a woman who has to walk 40 miles with a basket of rice on her head. Yeah. Um, who has no feet. Yeah. I'm like, you think that's hard. <laughs> I had a... <laughs> trying to make Insta stories from your couch. I know what you're saying, though, because the minute you said I admire them, I'm thinking all that PR shit and having to show up and look great and talk to 5,000 people a week, it's a lot. I mean, I know we're being yeah. silly, but it In really the, is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. I mean, I have a hard time sticking around after shows and talking to people. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes there are... They have best intentions, but a lot of times you get something insulting or something weird. Oh, I, they touch you Sarah, weird. are you kidding me? Like every time I do a show, I'm, I'm literally, I'm fingered. Someone's like, <laughs> you are fat. Like people just think they can say anything to you. Like we're funnier so... than we thought you were going to be. <laughs> when I saw you online, I thought it was horrible, but yeah. you actually were pretty entertaining. <laughs> They always say pretty or kind of. Yeah, kind of. They can't go you full force. You kind of laugh. Yeah. No, I know. It's really... Guys, if you're listening to this, just watch what you say to us. We are not mentally stable. No. We're not. And you could say one word off and we'll focus on it for the week. Yeah, and we'll talk about that one person. That's true. For like, I'm trying to think I'll of the worst thing. Me too. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the worst thing. I mean, people have said some pretty shitty things to me. Oh, yeah. You're just like, I don't know. It just gets my, like I ended up writing a joke because one time I did a show and it was at Old Man Hustle and those shows are never great. And <laughs> it sounds like such a great <laughs> old man, old man molestia kind of like, uh, yeah. And the guy was like, can I be brutally honest with you? And it was after I ate it. <laughs> Where you're like, I just go, no thanks. And I felt so good and I've never done that before. And I was like, you can just say. Like, what was he going to say to me that's that was going to make me feel so good? I'm proud good. of you, though, because that's, that's what I'm trying to say to young comics. It takes years to be able to say no thanks. Yeah. Because when I first started, I was like, yeah, please tell me so I can learn. Yeah, from a guy that's never done anything never. on stage before. No. Yeah. And then you're just taking it and then you're like, why do I? I now I feel like shit. I did a private show the other day. That sounded so funny. I did a private show. <laughs> I went to someone's bedroom and I... <laughs> came in naked and put my clothes <laughs> on in front of them. I did a show the other day at this place called the Lobster Club, which was very high end. Yeah. I mean, these people had, it was a, a baby shower, and I'm telling you, they were probably multi, multi-millionaires. Yeah. Like, they had a party planner. It was unbelievable. For a baby the, shower, yeah. That's it was like unreal. Crazy. The flowers, the plants, the, the everything. It yes. was crazy. And these women were all like, I mean, half of them were like 82 and they looked like I looked worse. Yeah. Like they looked unbelievable, right? So the woman who hired me was like, can you do a lot of Jewish jokes? You know, the Jews are going to be... I'm like, sure. I love yeah. making fun of my own people. So I... And I only had to do 10 minutes. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's easy breezy. Easy. Yeah. I walk in, two in the afternoon, they've all had wine. I was like, this is the fucking easiest gig. There's yeah. No, for any female comic to walk in and do 10 minutes in front of women who are buzzed. Unreal. Perfect. So I start doing jokes, and they're all laughing. And this one woman's just staring at me and kind of like shaking her head. And I'm like, Jessica, don't, don't. Look Why away, look away. She's not your mother. She's not anyone. Look away. And her friend, this is an example of someone just saying something to you. Like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this information. Yeah. I felt good about it. I didn't ask you to tell me. So she walks up and she's like, oh, we all laugh so hard. But the woman sitting with us, I think you could tell she looked miserable. She's like, why does she have to do so many Jewish jokes? It's offensive. Enough Jewish jokes. And I'm like... I did 10 minutes, was asked to do Jewish jokes, and a Jewish person got offended that a Jewish person yeah. was making Jewish jokes. It's not like I'm, you know, wearing a burqa. And yeah, I yeah. walk in, I'm like, how's everyone doing? Blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, I'm Jewish doing jokes about my own people, and a Jewish person gets offended. Yeah. And then that person I had wanted to, to tell her. you I wanted to kill it. her. Yeah, you're like, I don't need to know this. I didn't need to know. Yeah. I would have left and been happy, had a check. Oh. Been fine, but I thought about it all day and night. Yes, 
Well, now I get more mad at the people when they're like, I somebody just said something not, not nice about you. And then I'm like, <laughs> why did you? That yeah, wasn't even an earshot. You're not supposed to. Now I hate you more than the person <laughs> that where I'm like, you totally should just kill the messenger. I have never done that. I just feel like that person gets to hide behind the other person's words. You're right. So I feel like they're sharing the same thought. I agree. And they're yeah. trying to hurt you. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand that either. I think it's yeah, like it's I didn't need behavior. to know. I did not need to know that she's like, well, don't get upset about it. Who cares what she thinks? I'm like, you don't get it. Yeah, I'm damaged. I would not <laughs> be standing here being the help right now. Yeah, nobody wants to hear this bad stuff about yourself. No, and I've had people say, really, I mean, older Jewish people always have a comment. I mean, I do it in my act. Yeah, it's it's they always do. Like it's really. Well, some people think that their opinions are like valuable yeah they do yeah yeah I don't think mine are so I guess I never say anything if I had like thought anything or you know like towards somebody's act even if I feel like it could help them I will never tell them what they need to do well do. even unless it's a very close friend I yeah. might say you keep putting your hand on your hip and yeah you look, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes Something like that, or you like you're well, you're married to a comic. I don't even know if everyone knows this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. married to Joe List. Oh my god, yeah. did you guys meet in the? That's probably a dumb question, but you met in the comedy world. We did, but you know what? He lived two blocks away from me. Oh, and he was friends with a friend of mine. And then when I first moved here, he was like one of the first few people that I met. But he was, we were friends for a few years before we started dating. That's a good thing. It was, and I always highly suggested. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really good if you can be friends with someone first and then develop a relationship. Yeah. I feel like those are always been the best relationships that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. And so when did you, how did you guys start dating after the friendship? Well, we were both single and then we both lived within a block or so of each other. Like a lot of people are like, what, what was it? And you're like, I think it was the location. <laughs> dating in New York is very difficult. Like I, dating mm -hmm. somebody in Brooklyn is like, like almost a long distance relationship. <laughs> like I might as well from date someone City. from yeah. Texas. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It was so having a, a block radius. So then we would always just hang out and then he started pursuing and then, and then I was about two years or three years sober. And then I was trying to, I was like, I should date people that are yeah. nice to me and that <laughs> like me. Isn't that such a weird revelation? No, I went through the same exact thing. It's yeah. Really and then we started really important. liking each other. I swear in my 20s, all I dated were people that just hated me. Well, I think the more you work on yourself and the more you love yourself, the more you demand yeah. respect. True. I really do. Yeah, I do it's feel like very that ends hard. up. It really is. And I feel like you're conditioned to, some people are conditioned to like people that aren't good for them. I think most people are, don't you? Yeah. Most women? Yes. I do too. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, for people like us who are trying to, better ourselves and work on ourselves it's not helpful no yeah it's that yeah it's just like tiring well that's like when we were talking about like the, the abuse from my childhood when mm -hmm. I always when my therapist said that you oh you were molested at that moment I was like oh my god that all checks out you know what I mean yeah, like in the like the stripping and the bad relationships yeah. and like the alcohol abuse me too it stems from I mean it comes from a very that's why it's hard because I have daughters and I'm like oh my god yeah I just don't want anything to happen you know I just yeah. want them to be okay and well I think the damage more was more of how people behaved after the abuse yes well, sometimes you just wanted an acknowledgement. I know. I I get it because then you feel like you're crazy. You're alone. That yeah. You're not, you're not protected. It's it's not good. Yeah. And so that's where I feel like that's where the abuse ends up getting worse mm -hmm. is how people around you. Well, most people aren't truth tellers. So and I've always had a hard time with that because I see everything. Yeah. So when I, I a lot of times in my life have felt alone because I'm like, don't you guys see what's going on here? This man is very abusive. Oh, no, yes. he just likes to have a drink or he just gets upset sometimes. He, or, he's going through dark stuff. And then you're just <laughs> business like... is rough, but he just slammed his head through a wall. <laughs> yeah, but he's having a hard time. But he has his wife in a headlock. What? What do you mean? He's not making money this month. Yeah, he's just in a bad spot he's right just, now. Yeah. You're like, yeah, his wife's his also in a really bad spot. She's like in a headlock. 
why we are like I know people are damaged, but we still protect. Oh, well, that's the story of look what's going on in the world. Yeah, protecting men that are abusive. I know, and it's, you know, it's weird because I ask. Actually, sometimes it's weird. Even somebody that's had abuse, I end up empathizing with the abuser in some weird way. I do. I can. I get it, and I don't know why. Well, probably because you are in your life you work very hard on yourself and forgiving yourself and forgiving other people and yeah. that's what it is of being sober and yes so i think we're more understanding you yeah, know shit's dark exactly yeah i mean i'm friends with people who've done horrible things in yeah. the past so i try to be compassionate but at a certain point it's like get over it and get some fucking help you're hurting people oh yeah no one likes to be around this no yeah it's bad so what do you do to deal with your depression anxiety all that stuff or do you even get depressed or anxious i do and i think i've always been at a nice level of depression that i've actually lived with yeah and I'm, I get fine with it. It's better than it was because I actually had worse anxiety years ago before I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad anymore. And then everything cleared up uh, exponentially when I got sober. Mm-hmm. But then there were other issues. You know, it's yeah, so weird. You That's... feel like your life is going to get so much better when you get sober, but it doesn't. No. Well, not at first because all the real shit comes up that you've been trying to... to... Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a hard worker and then like wake up early (laughs) none of that happened there's certain things i've learned i have been so hard on myself my whole life and there's certain things i'm like you know what this is just who i am yeah i'm not hurting anyone it's okay i still get shit done yeah it's okay like i yeah it's okay to just have some things that are just going to be the way you are and that's it oh yeah well now i like living by the motto of just do one thing a day well, I actually think that's a great. I'm not kidding. I've always thought that. Yeah, and I do think that's one, an AA thing too. It is. Do yeah. one. Do one. Get one thing done. Do one proactive thing, and or do something nice for yourself. Like there's certain things that really help. Just have your one goal that you're just gonna go get coffee or pick up dry cleaning, and then you're like, "Well, I did it." But that ends up like snowballing, and then making you want to do other things. And don't you feel so good when you get things done? Yes. I know. I had this revelation too when I first got sober. I thought I was going to get like all these like comedy, like specials. You know what I mean? Like all the rewards and all that stuff. And like, you know, things are just going to get better in that atmosphere. And it, it really didn't. And then it was just one day at the end of the day, I realized that I managed to show up for like 10 things and do like 10 little things that day. And it wasn't an issue. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it. This well, is perfect. This is what I like about sobriety, that I right. can now do things and it's manageable. Yes. Yeah. Because really, that's when you know you have a problem was, was when your life becomes unmanageable. Oh, doing like the li- going to get my shirts that were dry cleaned for work, like, and then I couldn't do that. And then I would just be late for work. Me and, too. I know. And then it's, just be like, oh, they don't like I would then I would blame something else. I know. And yeah. you don't want that to happen when you're at the largest chilies in the world. <laughs> no. You don't want... You don't want to not have your shirt. Well, they let me go at the wild largest chilies. Why? Because they they like make you sing happy birthday to the table. Do you know how soul crushing it is to sing happy birthday to people? Sarah, that's my joke. Are you serious? What do you mean? I mean, this is the joke everyone knows me for. I say how depressing it is to sing happy birthday. It's the worst song. It's the saddest song. So you wouldn't do it? Would you go hide? I would be in the outskirts. And then I would just kind of like mimic it because <laughs> it, you can't be like ha you know like they do would they go, do the fast thing yes happy was, birthday to you yeah happy bir- it was like that <laughs> yes with the and then some of the employees got excited and i don't understand i know that's bad i don't know that enthusiasm i don't I've either never i've never had that never me either i've never been i've never had that about anything and it's for, even with things that i like in fact things that i enjoy doing i'm like i don't want to do it and, and then some people are like, like so excited. Oh, some people run to the table like one, two, three. <laughs> like they're the ones that start the whole thing. And yeah. Did you have to sing happy birthday? Yes. I worked at Hands, and I wore, you don't understand. I was very heavy. So I only had two pairs. <laughs> I only had two pairs of beige and like one of them was gray. Yeah. And I could not even find two pairs of beige. <laughs> so one was like charcoal. <laughs> 
Those and I had are so funny. Oh, they're great. And I had my name tag, and then I had you know just strawberry daiquiri. All of, I just yeah. had stains and food, and it was insane. Yeah, horrible. Those, I remember having where I'd always have stains on my work uniform, and then I would once I got at work because they would always do a uniform check. But I figured if I could fall in the kitchen. Then it it happened there, and then they couldn't send you home. Where I was like, oh, I just fell in <laughs> some ketchup. <laughs> I just fell in a pot of bolognese. Because they wouldn't send you home if your uniform got dirty in the middle of the shift. So you could just fall at work right when you got at work. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a brilliant idea. Oh, but those jobs are so soul-crushing. But oh, I they're really, horrible. I love talking to people, especially comics, when they tell me they've worked at, like, Mateo worked at the Container Store. I know. And telling me that he had a manager that hated him. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, it's so funny to deal with these people yeah I mean I they didn't love me because I just was like always traumatized that I was there I mean yeah. it was really not easy yeah. it wasn't and then there's people that are lifers oh they yeah they don't mind it no I, I'm always amazed but I gotta get to my job <laughs> like what are you talking about I can barely get anywhere oh I know can what? you I always picture this like you're on the road and then you're pulling into a, a small little strip center <laughs> with like subway sandwiches radio shack and then I think to myself can you imagine pulling into this strip center every day <laughs> and clocking in and then dealing with all the employees that work at like rent-a-center furniture no I'm telling you I was very depressed when I worked at those very I worked in yeah. a printing shop I mean I was not okay emotionally but you I meet would, the most interesting people you there. do and they're usually nice because they're so, so nice. desperate just yeah to, <laughs> and you're like this is just a stepping stone towards something bigger in my life but I'll see you on the way out <laughs> There's like you and I feel like I end up having like snobbery rent. To, yeah, oh, me too. I'm like I'm better than you, but yeah. I just have to do this because I'm. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like I'm like homeless. I've been there for five years. <laughs> I'm just shitting on them. Like, oh, I see what's happening. I'm just turning. I'm. This is my life. I'm now working at like yeah a yeah. shitty restaurant for five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm gonna get out of here one day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna make it. It's like prison. <laughs> They're like, I'll be out of here soon. They're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You have a life term. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, at least we're not in prison. We have to be grateful for what we have. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know it could have happened that way. Of course. Yeah, I could have gotten busted. For cocaine or me too yeah I, I mean I could have gotten busted for anything we crazy yeah I'm so glad that you did the podcast me too this is fun I know I'm yeah. so glad that we talked and learned I will, will tell everyone where they can reach you tell them your your social uh, I name. just give my phone number yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be your so crazy address my parents phone number <laughs> Can you tell everyone your social security number just so they can get in touch oh, with you? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> basically, I've given it so often anyway that it doesn't even matter. Did you, you know that when the, like that security breach and they were like, you can see if your security, your social security has been breached. And then they're like, put in six digits of your social security. Mm -hmm. You're like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's almost all of my social security. Like, isn't this how we ended up in this situation? Just put in your whole <laughs> Into a website that you're like looking at the URL, you're like, this doesn't even look like a government. <laughs> We're about to steal your money. dot com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a like dot China, <laughs> the black web. It's so crazy. Don't say that word. I'm at the dark um, web. So, what's your? Do you have a website? <laughs> I have Sarah T Comedy. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> no. Well, I had Sarah Talamash, and then I didn't pay the, <laughs> the upkeep for it. And then when I went back to it, they were like, it's $800. I'm like, who owns that? I'm like, best of luck the to that person. They do. And then uh, follow me on Instagram. Yeah. I need those followers. It's either that or bathing suit shots for the next <laughs> two months. I think we should do them. I we should do a to. series. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm doing it. We're doing it. Tracy will do it. Adrian we will oh, all yeah. do it. Who cares? It's a Hysterical. Pretend you're doing yoga, but oh, you're yeah. really just like throwing your puss up in the air. 
those girls, I'm like, come on, just admit what you're doing, and then I, I can know. respect that. I don't that. care, but it's like, just own it. Yeah. Jesus, come on. So like, Instagram and Twitter, tell them what your Twitter is. Uh, it's the same as my Instagram, at Stolomash, S-T-O-L-L-E-M-A-C-H-E. Yeah, because you are so funny. Oh, well, I'm not you. kidding. You are. Thanks. And thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks.